Hello and welcome back to Freeball, the volleyball podcast, episode 12. And guess who's back? It's me! Guess who's back? Yeah. <laughs> back it's again. Felt like, uh, it's felt like a long time between drinks. Oh, so long. Well, I've been in Russia for a couple of weeks. You've been rushing around all over the place? Rushing around in nice and warm Siberia, actually. And it's just been difficult to get stuff done. Yeah. But we're back. It's nice to be back. It's talking it's about volleyball again. Talking about volleyball. And there's loads going on now. Eh? Oh, it's it's felt like a super busy and eventful few weeks. Massive. Um, Champions League. We're through yeah. to the semi-final stages. Where, well, Perugia have now gone through to the semi-final to play against Zenit Kazan. And that's Leon playing against Zenit Kazan. The team that he what, won four Champions League goals with bit of a rivalry there bit of a rivalry going back Enger Peth's obviously never won the Champions League for for anyone so the best he's got is a second and he's playing for Zenit Kazan and now they're up against Leon and Perugia it's going to be a great game um, when is that happening? it'll be in the next couple of weeks keep an eye on the CUV website um, and the other crossover semi-final with Skrab Hatov, who have won the, the Polish Championship nine times but have never won the Champions League and alongside that is Mariusz Fazway, who is, he's the stud of Polish volleyball. Yeah. And he's never won the Champions League. So there's, this a lot is, of, there's a lot of big names that are sort of desperate for a win now, aren't they? Huge. And Skra have not had a great season. And they've grown and grown. And suddenly they're sort of there or thereabouts. They won in a golden set against Dynamo Moscow to get their way through. And they're playing against Lube. And we talk about Lube a lot on the yeah. show with all of the players from Cuban descent who are now playing <laughs> for different... Uh, different nationalities but the last time Lube they've only won one gold that was in 2002 but Lube have lost seven finals in a row oh so that's going to want to break that it seems like every single team has a real like reason to be winning this apart from Kazan really have got like they've won it four times they've had enough Uh, sorry they've won it six times and they've won it four times in like the last three years something like I can't remember the stat off off the top of the head so they they don't have like a a you know, everyone else has like a fairy tale Cinderella story finish yeah. in their in their future, except them who and just keep winning it. Kazan, yeah. who <laughs> Anderson, Mikhailov, blah blah blah. They're they're huge, but Skra will be interesting. Keeping an on, hopefully we can get out there next year as well and ha- have a have a meeting with them because they're going to fill the Atlas Arena, which is fourteen thousand people. I've been there; it's unbelievable. Uh, in the women's side. Well, Boscovich got knocked out in the Shakabasi, so that's Jordan Larson. So two of our previous guests, unfortunately, Uh-oh. will not be playing in the final four. Such a great game from Momoko Volley, though, because they lost the leg at home to Shakabasi 3-0. But then they went to Shakabasi and took him in the golden set. So they rocked up that's in impressive. Turkey. And they were really impressive. They've uh, Sorry, they've got such a great team. Miriam Suya, Kim Hill, Robin De Cruyff, Anna Danesi, all players who are stars for their national team. And they took bronze last year. Maybe they can go one better. They have Fenerbahce in the semi-final. They won in 2011-2012. They're underneath uh, Tursic, who was the head coach of Serbia for the World Championships. And they have Melissa Vargas, who probably is the best player I've ever seen at 14 years old for Cuba. Now doesn't play for Cuba, plays in Turkey. Yeah, they're, they're very strong. Other semi-final, Navarra beat Stuttgart to go through. Um, Navarro playing for Kifbank and Monica Sloches is on flames at the minute. I know, so. I've been seeing posts all about it. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely flying. So the Kifbank are looking to win their fifth title, but Amoko are looking strong. Who knows what Fenerbahce have got? And they have to get through Navarro first, who have Paola Agonu, uh, Michelle Barch Hackley from the USA, Christina Kirikella, 
Yeah, they have a they have a very good sign and that's plaque as well. So it's all going on. That's brilliant. And it's all it's going to be a really exciting finish to the Champions League. Yeah, it's all charging towards that super final in Berlin mid mid May, which is going to be worth keeping on. The CV are doing a great job making it exciting. Yeah, yeah, really building up to it. Yeah, for sure. Other news, I think beach. Yep. What's been going on the beach? Last first, well, the first uh, world tour event. Yeah, so in Sydney. It was in Sydney? Sydney. Yeah, Manly. And the Grimolts won there. It was a good result, actually, for uh, Karen Bula and Rossi from, from the US as well. Um, but then the Grimolts went to Doha last week as well and won a four-star. So they're on great form, back-to-back right. wins early in the season for the yeah the Chilean cousins. They also beat um, Phil Dalhauser and Nick Lucena in the final. Who's, he's crazy. trying to sort of finish it. It's his, it's his sort of uh, swan song, isn't it? Isn't it his last year? Who knows? He, he's, he's I saying, think the rumours are swirling around, or he's yeah. saying, or he's been saying that this could be his last year, isn't he? Yeah, he was saying he was thinking about retiring. But uh, Tokyo's yeah. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> How can you retire with the Olympics are coming up? Yeah, and then one more, one more round, time around the sun. Then you look at Ricardo as well, and he's still going at forty-four. Although there's yeah. been a massive split in Brazilian pairings um, this week as well. So yeah. that's something we'll go into in the next episode when we get confirmation of where all the Brazilian pairings have yeah, gone. Yeah, where they all end up. But Alisson, Andre, there's been loads of. Yeah, loads of splits. So it's going to be interesting. Brazilian volleyball hasn't got any momentum at the moment. Yeah. It's just spiralling and everyone's jumping ship. It's like a big swingers party. Well, the... Uh, <laughs> you've thrown me off there. Yeah. Uh, the last bit of news actually comes from home. And we and when we say home, we don't even mean the UK. We mean actually London. And specifically a club that we all know really well. The absolute superstar, Jiba, has signed on to come and play for IBB Polonia in London, like like South West London, you know, like South London, where we're literally are right now. Their home court is what? 100 metres? 200 metres? Yeah, 100 metres. <laughs> yeah, so if anyone doesn't know, I, I live in a, a sports complex that has a beach volleyball facility and a massive indoor uh, volleyball facility. That's how much he loves That's volleyball. how much I love volleyball. I run a, I run a beach volleyball academy. And Polonia play there, and for yeah. the last game they've signed Jiba, so Jiba's going to be playing 100 metres from where free balls recorded, um, and it's just a great initiative. Jiba's the gift that keeps giving, right? No matter yeah. where you are, he's always with charity, he's always working with kids, he's always giving back to the sport, and he's the greatest player of all time. It's funny, like when we were growing up, that was the name that everybody knew. Like yeah. the people who didn't know anything about volleyball knew Jiba. And if it wasn't Jiba, it was Dante. Yeah, those were the two. <laughs> yeah, Jiba yeah. Dante. And now Jiba's coming, and um, we're hoping there's some exciting stuff coming with, with the podcast. And as Jiba's only 100 meters away, hopefully we can try. <laughs> Let, let's see what we can, can see him do. driving past or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And let's hope that we can, uh, yeah, just have a great time. And at the worst, there's going to be seven, eight hundred people watching one game of volleyball in the UK, which doesn't happen very often. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Yeah, and he's actually, rumour has it, he's actually got a stake now in Polonia going forwards. Yeah. So he's going to have a say in how they do their day-to-day work, which is also very, very wise. Yeah. From, yeah, Bartek, Polonia, and all of those guys. Great job. Brilliant. Shall we uh, introduce our guests? Yeah, should we get into it? So our guests this week are a volleyballing power couple, Cam. They are... Both professional volleyball players from Canada, which is where you're moving to very soon, unfortunately. And they have both got professional experience. Now, it's Rudy Verhoff and Kyla Ritchie. And 
they have a strange, strange season going on. Yeah. <laughs> Rudy's played in the Canadian national team for a long time. He went to Rio 2016 as an opposite player. Kyla's played two world championships for the women's team. Kyla's playing in Peru. But Rudy also just finished in the inaugural Indian Pro Volleyball League, where he won with Chennai and also was the top scorer. Wow. Can you check yeah. it out? Yeah, definitely. Let's go. So guys, welcome to Freeball the Volleyball Podcast. How are we doing? Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, just thanks. in sunny Peru right now, sweating our butts off, but it's better than freezing, so not complaining. <laughs> yeah, Cam was just about to mention, you've just been locked out of your house, haven't you? <laughs> Unfortunately, but due to our own mishap. <laughs> I... I uh... <laughs> They have the doors that lock from both ends, so I didn't take the keys out of the inside part, and then I left, and then the door didn't open anymore. But I came to the rescue, so we made it work. <laughs> yeah, right. Came to the rescue by coming on the roof, which is unfinished, and then propelling himself downwards into the small window of our bathroom. <laughs> However, if he slipped, he would have fallen to his death three stories down. So I wasn't very thrilled. About <laughs> no, w- no way. But it worked out, it worked. so it's all good. Did not worked d- out. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, did you not feel a bit scared up there? See, this is where you're a much no. you're a much bigger man than me. For for <laughs> sure. Long arms helped. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm. Thank a, God you're a volleyball player. Yeah. See, yeah exactly. Our landlady was standing with me. She was about having a heart attack. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have to pick up the pieces of both of these people. So that's interesting. But we made it. Yes, and we're super thankful to have you. So thank you so much for making the time for for coming on. Um, it's been an interesting year for you guys. Obviously, you kind of in Peru. Really having spent some time in India as well. So it made for perfect a perfect interview really to talk about lots of high volley, uh, sorry, high level volleyball, but also just yeah, life. It and must have been crazy. What it's like being like a, a volleyball power couple. <laughs> <laughs> it it makes for really interesting years, like you said. Uh, this is our first year together overseas or semi together because as you as you mentioned Rudy was in India for a little bit but uh yeah we've had the first year we met I guess was I was playing in Italy but then switched halfway through the season and went to a team in Germany and Rudy was playing in Corsica in France and since then it's just been like on opposite sides of the country or of the world um last year I was playing in Indonesia and Rudy was in um, Austria so that was interesting um, so thankful that even though this year Rudy was uh, playing in India at least it provided some months together yeah, yeah. That, that's crazy how did how did Peru come around because I've been following volleyball a long time and you're you're the first person I've spoken to who's played in Peru uh, yeah how did that one drop through the drop, drop through the leather box um, one of my t- uh, national teammates was playing here on this team last season, actually, Alicia Perrin. And um, we're all actually with national team always playing down here in Lima. Almost every single summer I've been down here since I think I've started on the national team a million years ago. So they have a pretty great volleyball scene. Um, just the league is kind of, I don't know. It's unknown. It, unknown, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it starts a little bit later. Um 
And so I guess they're, they're still picking up uh, some great Americans and Brazilians. Like they have a really great league down here. But yeah, as we said, it's just a little bit unknown. So I guess my, I guess Alicia got seen through um, when we were down here for Pan Am, Pan American Cup, which we come down here for every year and often Peru's hosting. And so I think one of the coaches just recruited her. She played here last year and then they were looking for another outside hitter. So it was kind of talked about, kind of joke, they were kind of joking about it about a few months prior or even when she had signed. And we're like, yeah, we'll see what comes up. And well, and her husband's down here as well. So he said, it would be awesome. Imagine you and Rudy coming down as well. <laughs> yeah, they painted a pretty good picture for us. Yeah. One night we were, it was uh, one night in the summer after one of their practices, and we were over to their place, and they were, like, just painting this picture, you know, imagine playing in front of a full stadium and winning the championship, and then the next day going out for brunch and hanging out. I went to college with both of them, so oh, I know them quite cool. well, too. So um, really I think even though it was, like, pretty unknown, we felt pretty good about coming down here just because they were here already. That's, well, it's just like a quality of life thing then beyond even the volleyball. Like, it's just going to be nice to live there. Big exactly. Time. And after, this is my seventh season abroad, I think. So quality of life is pretty high up there. Yeah. Unless you're making, like, so much money that you just can't pass it up. At this point, you're kind of like, yeah, I need something to kind of propel me forward and keep going. Because to do the grind every season and every time abroad and then come back to national team it's pretty wild so if you can have a little bit of uh better quality of life when you're overseas as well like that will help you kind of maintain uh playing yeah for that's good that's a good way to think of it yeah the quality of life thing i imagine when you've just there's no off season for you guys right it just keeps trucking which which is yeah which which is crazy but i was watching and it does pack out like I watched some highlights of the games. It's nuts. So yeah, I was, yeah. I was enjoying myself. And and you're going you're going into the 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 final game of the finals on Sunday, right? Final game of the finals for all the marbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this this game actually sold out within four hours. I wow. think of them putting up tickets. So they were. We put it. We have to wait all the way until Sunday because I guess they wanted to play on the weekend. But I'm sure if we played on a weekday, they'd still have no problem. Uh, packing the stands that doesn't really seem to be an issue so yeah it's going to be really awesome and I was pretty com uh, comfortable and confident signing down here just because I know that the atmosphere in Peru is great with the fans like they are really respectful and they are super fun even if they are cheering against you and so even when you're playing the Peruvian national teams the stands are always packed and there's just so much noise and uh, so much dancing that um, it's it's so awesome to play down here. So it's been really fun to play in their league as well. Are you dancing a little bit as well, Rudy, in the stands? Is that is that your job uh, a little bit? Uh, once, once in a while, I get pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like fired up at like bad refing calls. That's when he's kind of like he's doing his own like. Yeah. We all get exactly. we all get we all get fired up by rep, bad refing calls. Are you going to win the final? Yeah, we have to. We will. <laughs> What's what? really interesting. This is. They're playing against the eighth-seeded team. Oh, wow. Uh, so that just kind of goes to the quality of the league, like up and down, you know, not to, so many leagues have so many good teams. And uh, they, I mean, they have started to play a lot better than they did in season, but it's like this eighth-ranked team beat the first-place team and then beat the third-place team, and it's just like craziness. Wow. And you almost... Yeah. Uh... 
the first place team of the league got kicked out after the quarterfinals, quarterfinals and so did the second place team. So it's just like there's just there it's was cool. no guarantees yeah, going into playoffs. That's because really, that's what you want. You want anyone to win it. Anyone, anyone has the chance to win it. And that's definitely yeah. not the case if you look at other leagues like Italy, Turkey, there's always going to be one of two teams or, or something like that. Right. So it's quite nice to live exactly. in that completely random, yeah, the, the, the random sort of league so you never know what's going to happen so, on a day-to-day basis. What's it going to take to win? What have you got to do better from last week? Well, last week was wild because we played on the Friday and then, a, and then the Sunday right away. So it was super crazy back-to-back and... Um, this team is super interesting because they are just playing super well together. Um, and biasedly, I think our team is more talented when you're looking individual player to player, but that's, what's kind of cool about playoffs and about the finals is that it doesn't really matter which team is more talented. It's just that which team can kind of come together. Um, so I think we're just going to have to go straight back to the basics and just realize that like we are also in the finals like yes this is a cinderella story for them and it's also it's cool and basically everyone in the country is cheering against us because of course they want the underdog to win but we have to kind of just like, your, your husband's not very awesome team we just have to have confidence from that going into it for sure that's awesome and you can stream it online right yeah, you can exactly. find everything on online. YouTube on Volley Lovers. Volley Lovers. They'll, they'll yeah. be streaming it. Sweet. Yeah. We'll check it out. That's that's really cool. And really, for you, you've just come back from an amazing, um, amazing couple of months. I imagine in India, playing in the first ever pro league, which we saw from the outside looking in, and we were like, "What is going to be <laughs> happening here?" And then we got into it. It was pretty fun. Did you, did you have a good time? I think, yeah, I had a great time. I, I think everyone kind of has the same reaction. You know, I was joking with my friends that, like, when I was coming home, um, we were joking that when I was flying to India, like, I didn't know what to expect. I thought we would be playing outside on dirt courts. Come on. That's what you see on Instagram. You see no, volleyball on dirt courts, you know? So, no training you know, shoes, kind of no knee pads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I had no idea going down what was actually in store, and uh, they they've revolutionized the game of volleyball like in a month. Like it was it was wild. They they put a lot of uh, emphasis obviously on production value um, because they knew from the get go that if they can get fan support, they're going to have a successful league. So that was their main focus. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool experience. I don't think I learned the rules though until like one of your last games. <laughs> just didn't really understand what was going on. And like, oh yeah, there's another set. Oh yeah, it's going to five. And like they yeah. were cutting out points, like games, sets to 15, super points. It was wild. It was so crazy, but so, it was so cool from the outside. So yeah, so they've got like actual different rules. I knew the scoring was different, but they've got yeah super points. Um, the- the rules are are essentially the same. It's just the scoring. Like the super point, basically, they can the coach can call a super point and they hold up this big round thing from the bench, you know, and then the ref gives this it's big so dramatic big. like sign for the super point, and then smoke goes off and alarms and all this stuff. You know? And then uh, and then that point that rally is essentially worth two points. Whoever wins that rally gets two points. Um, and you can call at one team, uh, you get to call it one time per set and always before 11 points. So, um, because the sets are only going to 15. Yeah. Sets only go to 15. And, and how many, and how the, many sets are the, there? There's still five ahead. sets. 
five sets, but in the round robin phase or in the group phase, it was you would play all five sets no matter what. So you could win five nil. You could win five nil, and then you would get like uh, you would get a whitewash, so you would get three points compared to okay. a three one or a three two would be worth two points. So you got you were the top scorer in the league, and you won the competition. How many of your points were super points where you where you scored double? I think. Uh, I don't know, because it's funny, you look at the stats and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I had like, whatever, this amount of points. I'm like, I don't think I spiked that many times. Like, oh, yeah, I had like, three super points, so that's worth double, you know? <laughs> so, um, I, I'm not sure the exact number. I think there's a stat out there somewhere. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool experience. And um, I think the way that they changed the, the game in order to make it more fan-friendly is something that people have been thinking about yeah. how to do for a long time yeah and people have been like messing around with trying to figure out how to do it do you think it worked i think so yeah, yeah. i think both from both sides um like as a player it was the first game was a little bit hard to adjust to because it was really focused on you know the production so we had to wait before all like two or three replays were played between each rally so there now there's like 35, 40 seconds between each rally, you know, something you wouldn't see on TV, but we're all standing there waiting for the ref to blow the whistle. Um, so stuff like that was hard to get used to, but then once you kind of got into the flow, it didn't really bother me a whole lot. And then from the, the fans' perspective, I think TV-wise, uh, it can be really great because they can, they can dictate the amount of time each match is going to take, right? Like it's a two-hour slot, and they can manipulate how long the game will take based on how many replays they show or, or whatnot. Yeah, working in TV, that's that's massive. Although that's, the, that's the key to all of it, isn't I, it? I don't quite agree with the uh, you guys having to wait around so long in between rallies, but it's the way it, it, for sure. That's that's awesome. Couple of yeah. cu- couple of questions, like for both of you, how does like how's the like the level of coaching knowledge? Like, let's start with India first. But what's the level of like understanding of the game? How was the level out there? Was it sort of an interesting interesting experience, but also one that you found having to give your knowledge to as well? Definitely. Um, I think that they, um, they have really good athletes, really good volleyball players. Um, the way that their system works is much different than Europe and North America, where they, uh, they go to a university and play. And then they get hired by uh, government companies. And then they, so for example, railways or oil or something like that. And then they play for that company's team. Um, so the development is different because they're working on a, in a company, but then also practicing at night. Um, and I would say the coaching um, is, I don't want to say too far, but I would say it's about 15 years behind most of the rest of the world. Um, with that said, the volleyball still is okay because their athletes are really good. Mm. So it's like kind of hard to say. They're just they are doing things that we would see in the past. You know, lots of combination plays, which we see in the Asian game a lot, but um, just things that most people would think you know don't aren't that efficient anymore. But they are still in that idea, I guess. So that was a little bit uh, tricky to manage on how to okay, I'm coming because I want to obviously play well myself and, and be champions, but how can I positively impact the Indian volleyball community without being too much of a, uh, like, you're doing it wrong, you know? Um, so it was it was really good. And I learned stuff from them too. Like, they, 
their uh, their emphasis on uh, team belief and like our mental state was uh, was much more than I thought in in other experiences that I've had. So um, yeah, it was kind of give and take, but I would say that the level of coaching is um, generally could use some improvement yeah it's just like, more exposure I think you yeah. know they're just they just play within India right so yeah. like, we don't see too many Indian players elsewhere or, um, well yeah. I was going to say like maybe as because you know what you're saying about it sounds like it has the potential to really grow and if it does they might start getting you know it becomes more attractive to go and work out there and coach out there and then it just mm-hmm. it, you know starting to get big coaches out there becomes yeah. no you don't reckon oh for oh. sure yeah like they like if you look what they've done with cricket well the, they, the, the, the Indian Premier League is exactly like, I was thinking the exact same thing they just said we're going to put up this massive production league pay players from around the world to come play and it's just skyrocketed now yeah exactly and the most recently is this cavity game I don't know I've never heard of it before I went there but it's essentially just like tag and it started <laughs> four years ago and now the salaries for these athletes are huge you guys huge need to salary. look it up Ka- after no, we talk. Ka- what's ka- it called? Kabaddi crazy cavity yes yeah you'll never like i randomly got um an email in my inbox once about um commentating on it and going out there for like a month and it didn't come off in the end but i looked at it was like what even is this but yes it's it's massive out there right yeah what what an experience like for yeah for 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 both of you in, in in what you're doing do you find um god do you find it a bit different in Peru, like the sort of philosophies, like are they playing quick? Is it slightly higher? Uh, what do they sort of value in the way of speed, distance, and time sort of stuff? Is it? Mm, I would say it's pretty similar, actually. I ha- haven't really found anything kind of too different or too crazy. Uh, we had an Argentinian coach earlier who unfortunately got let go in Feb or end of January, early February, and he was really awesome for me. Uh, just because, again, like used to the international coaches and just the international style of play. Not that there was anything too different, but again, it's just kind of the mindset or girls being comfortable and the club being comfortable with older coaches that have been here for a while. And it's just, again, as Rudy said, it's hard when you when someone kind of comes in and says that even though they are trying to do it positively with positive influence, it can kind of be taken the wrong way a little bit and people can kind of put up walls really fast which is I think what happened with our old coach and he was the assistant coach for the Argentinian men's team uh, national team so he was awesome and he was great and he just didn't vibe with the club and didn't vibe with the girls and he was pretty straightforward and said like you guys need to do this this and this in order to elevate our game and he always was referring to like the international players and like this needs to happen in order to um, yeah in order for us to kind of get to the next point but yeah, as Rudy said, it's, it is a really interesting thing to kind of come into a league and into a team that there are not a lot of foreign players because those players are so used to playing against each other for years and years and years and years and years. And years. Often they have similar coaches or they're kind of just moving within the league. So that's really interesting. And a lot of the time, actually, I've I've been one of two foreign players on the team, so it is really interesting because you're fully getting immersed into that culture instead of spending a lot of time in just kind of creating a team that often happens in France or in Germany. Um, even when I was playing in Azerbaijan, there's if there's no limit on foreigners, then you really have to focus on like 
creating that team culture and that team atmosphere as opposed to coming in as a foreign player and having to be immersed into the culture. And it is super tricky to be that foreign player when you want to help or when you want to, yeah, kind of say something that you would hope would help the team, but you do have to be careful. And unfortunately for our coach, it didn't really work out super well because they just weren't vibing. And in the end, it was a good choice because now we're with our assistant coach, but he has been within the club for a while. So in terms of style of play, nothing too different. It's just, it's always the culture and kind of the, the club dynamic, which is kind of so interesting for me year after year. Yeah, for sure. How it how uh, you operate on a day to day basis and the general feeling within the camp and the language that's being used by the coaches and the actions, yeah, all that stuff. I I love that stuff. I think that's why I I started I've been a coach a lot longer than I've worked in T V and that's what draws me to coaching is the environment and the culture of, of everything. That's really cool. Um, Rudy, in um India you played with Russell and Sorokins, right? He was in your team? Yeah, that's right. How was that? Because he came off the beach because I was coaching a beach team that played against him a few times. So we yeah, wondered where he went and then uh, he popped up in India. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, uh, after th- so he was in the Olympics in London um, for beach. And then uh, I think he played one, maybe two more seasons after that and then switched back to indoor. Um, I'm not sure exactly the story about that, but I, I know that as or generally beach volleyball is pretty hard to make a living. Um, compared to indoor volleyball, so I, last season he played in Kazakhstan actually. Um, so again, a league that we don't get a whole lot of uh, uh, communication with or n- don't know a whole lot about. And then uh, yeah, he popped up in India. I, we had never met before because obviously he was more of a beach player, um, but we knew it's some similar uh, people from the beach scene and the indoor scene. So um, I played with a bunch of Latvians uh, throughout my career, so it was uh, I was looking forward to it because I've always had positive experiences with them. Did you have many foreigners on your team? Uh, just the two of us. Oh, wow. He always used to yeah, be he... ice cold when he played us. You would never get an emotion out of him. Is that still the same? Uh, I think maybe the uh, the hype in India really got him going. <laughs> yeah. He was like, a, he had like this deadly, like killer instinct look to him most of the time. Yeah, so he every time it used to be like... <laughs> yeah. nothing like dead deadpan and be like come on give the boys something to like to, to bounce off because yeah. they, they would they, they would they would work better that way that's that's really really interesting um just looking like talk some international ball now um how do you feel the canadian teams um are looking going forward um both had a change of coach recently as well uh good thing bad thing and and what do you think the the future holds for yeah, the men and women's sort of programs, obviously very different programs over the past few years as well. Um, but it, well, the women's now, Tom Tom Black's taken over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it has a very um, good reputation. Yeah, it is interesting to, well, I mean, it's easy in our house to kind of compare the two um, teams and programs. We kind of were both starting out um, with the national teams and they were based in the middle of Canada in Winnipeg. And the men left out east four years or eight years? Yeah, 2009, we moved centers. So it left way earlier, and women were kind of just left in Winnipeg, and they, I mean, kind of many different reasons, but um, the men's coach kind of realized that, like, we have to move and get a new start in order to propel 
forwards, uh, just in terms of in terms of the entire program. <clears throat> and again, like had some rough years at the beginning, and then of course the men's team has just kind of propelled into one of the best in the world. But it it took that moving and starting anew and afresh to kind of again get the program back on its feet and propelled forward. And unfortunately, it took the women. Yeah, we're eight years behind the men's program moving forward. So it's, I mean, it's hard to compare, but again, we can kind of also look to the men's side and say, well, they've also done this. And it's still, of course, possible because it's just in a program organizational aspect, I think, because every single year, every quadrennial that I've been a part of, so this is my third now. Um, so it's been over 10 years with the national team. This is my, well, now my fourth coach um with tom and every year the new coach kind of comes in and says like there's no problem with the athletes like the caliber of women's canadian national team players is is still really really impressive um there's just kind of a lapse between i guess like the athletes and the program in general like there's a few small things that kind of just need to be i guess figured out before going forward and again it was kind of the same with the men's when they first moved there there was a lot of growing pains at the beginning but then going through that it made the program stronger and I think that us moving to Richmond a couple of years ago um, that was the change that we needed and we had been anticipating that for eight years so it was it's too bad that it took that long but I think now with Tom coming in he has already shown a lot of um, well, commitment and excitement for the program and has said the same thing. Like he's worked with Team USA, so he was on the bench and he said like, every time we would play you guys, we're, we were always impressed with the, again, caliber of athlete and the talent that you guys possess. It's just missing something. And we've said that for a lot of years and I hope that Tom will be able to come in and um, kind of glue us together because for me too, this is kind of the last Olympic push. Um, so I think, I hope for me, he's kind of coming in at the most ideal opportune time. So we just have like one year to qualify and then hopefully next summer we'll be able to be in the Olympics. But he seems, I've talked to him a bunch of times and he's super pumped and just wants to kind of bring his experience from uh, USA up to Canada. So really looking forward to that. I think it's yeah, a brilliant. good change. Yeah. And Marcello taught us a lot the last two years. It obviously didn't work out um, with him moving forward, but we can kind of take things that we still have learned. Yeah. Sorry, that's our ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Peru. Yeah. That's, um, that's awesome. But yeah, moving forward, like, I mean, every kind of coach teaches you lessons, whether they're positive or negative. So we can just kind of run with what he did teach us for the better and move forward with Tom. And I think it's it's pretty pretty promising future, I think. Yeah, I, I covered your, I think it was the first round in Japan, I think I was covering yeah. you, I agree, like, definitely the calibre, for sure, and the athletes you have could, could go such a long way. Your, your previous coach, I've forgotten his name, is that Ab Abel Danza? No. Yeah, Abel Danza. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but born on a, born on a stormy night, that one. <laughs> to, to live in the way, yeah. Yeah, it was I, a little... Tough. And again, like, like what we were just talking about on the pro side of things, it was similar. Like he's coming from um, Turkish national teams and Italian national teams, which of course have an abundance of cash to throw into the into the sport. And again, with some of the best club teams in the world, so money's never an issue. So 
him coming to a national team program where we don't have such abundance was kind of frustrating for him. And I think he kind of um, rubbed some people the wrong way because, again, you're stepping into a culture that's done things for a long time. And regardless of if you are trying to change it for the better, it's the same thing as here, like what we're trying to experience or trying to do. Um, it's just, it's hard. And it depends if those people are kind of willing to listen. So again, like it was an interesting experience with him, but on the court, he did teach us some really valuable things to uh, take with us moving forward. When I was doing my research, I sort of found that you'd only paid, played like 20% of the games of some of the other teams in your group at the exactly. World Champs as well. So I was sort of trying to, to, to sort of track back to, yeah, throughout the preparation. I, I've done a lot of commentary since then, but there was one thing that I remembered watching you guys is that you hadn't played as much competitive volleyball as most of the other teams in your pool, which is also exactly. which which also has to uh, hold up in court somewhere, right? And if you can get get more competitive games and get more learning, you'll you'll be uh, you'll be pushing for sure. So exactly. when when do you head back for national team stuff? Do you guys head back at the same time? Um, we finish up here, I guess, on the weekend, and to take. Um, a couple of weeks to relax and then our tryouts will be at the very end of April beginning of May Jeez, with that's Tom soon, and then, isn't it? yeah we start right away at like the end of May is our first tournament so we just have a few weeks together cool. and Marie, what, what's your plans playing internationally is it is it still going yeah, are so you playing uh, I stepped away from the program after uh, 2017 mm-hmm. Um, that was when uh, Stefan uh, took over, and um, I had intentions of playing, you know, this squad as well. Um, we also got married in 2016, so 2017. Sorry. So <laughs> at, <laughs> at that point, um, yeah, I just made a choice that like I need to be, we need to be together. So uh, it was too hard to be to be across the country. Um, Across our, the world and not across the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they train out of Richmond and our men's program trains out of Gatineau, Ottawa area. It's like a five hour flight. Um, so we like we weren't seeing each other at all. And I got to a point where, where we need to put our family first. So um, I had kind of achieved the things that I wanted to do with, with the national team. Um, I had the amazing opportunity to go to Rio and, uh, and then, um, yeah, just wanted to with Kyla and support her she she chases after this dream for Tokyo yeah that's awesome that's really cool that's really cool and how was that moment beating the USA in the opening game surely that was the sweetest moment of the Olympics (laughs) for you right turning turning up to turning up to Rio and then just uh yeah taking a 3-0 against USA big brother isn't it yeah that must must have been a cool time it was funny because we uh we hadn't beat USA obviously for a long time then we started we beat them once in 2014 and then Maybe again in 2015 once, but when we stepped into that on that court, like I, I don't know, it was just it was so fun because our Canadian American battle obviously is quite strong, and there's a very American personality and a very Canadian personality, and I think it just played out, and we we kind of came out obviously victorious, and it was just a, like the sweetest moment on the <laughs> stage. You, you can't get any better than that. Aren't, aren't the Canadians meant to be really polite? Isn't that how it is? And the Americans not say? It's supposed to be, yeah. It's supposed to be. Yeah, just, yeah again, I was uh, doing a commentary. I think it was, yeah, Gord Perrin was uh, winding Lippe up in the um, in the World Champs and he got him up by the throat or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was yeah, wicked. Well, 
we talked well last quad we talked a lot about our canadian culture um and you know like it seems like all these big countries have their own international or like volleyball culture that is attached to their national culture and so we just tried to dig into ours like yeah obviously everyone thinks people are canadian or friendly and all that kind of stuff but like we're tough like our national sport is hockey right yeah and hockey's a tough sport um so we we started adopting a lot of lines that you know you would use on a hockey team um and and i think it yeah it just helped us build into our own culture because we we've had enough time of oh let's emulate brazil let's emulate usa let's emulate france well no what is canadian volleyball and i think cool. that, that was like the last kind of step of of our process to get to rio that's awesome but everyone's different and that's something that i obviously england are well behind we have no money to anything but we have the same com- like conversations you can't play like brazil because brazil have got such great bo- beach volleyball have got such great ball control they've been they've been playing volleyball since a young age where the dutch are big and they hit great angles or everybody's slightly different and they come from a different culture so you have to find your own identity right. so that's that's epic and now um obviously change of coach glenn hoag's come back in that's going to be yeah. quite a cool cool interesting uh, thing to keep an eye on right yeah exactly i think like uh obviously i'm not directly on the team anymore but I'm, I'm still pretty heavily involved with because uh, it's all, a lot of the same guys um mm. but i think there was uh obviously it was like tough news to hear stefan go because uh the team was going in a good direction and they all really liked him and it was an easy transition um and then uh when because it's so close to olympic qualification i think volleyball canada just wanted to go with some familiarity um so yeah, I think I think he's obviously a fantastic coach. He brought our program from you know being twenty twenty first in the world to the top six. So uh, he knows what he's doing, and um, I'm excited to see how the team performs this summer. Yeah, that that's yeah for sure. He does definitely know yeah what he's what he's doing as well. Um, I don't know where he where he goes now actually, Stefan and uh, Antigua. I don't know. Do you know where he's gone? Or is he taking time out? Uh, I think from from what I know that he's not going to coach internationally. Um, I think he he stepped away for family reasons or personal reasons. I, I don't actually really know. So stays in uh, Poland coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's coaching in Warsaw now, right? Yeah, so okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Quick fire round. Uh, which league would if you could both of you? This is for both of you. If you could play in any league in the world, where would you play? Uh, I'd go back to Italy. Cool. I'd play in Japan because it's wild there. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'd, I'd, I'd play in Italy, I think. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd play anywhere. I yeah, I'd play anywhere. <laughs> any, any, anywhere anywhere that the pays a one metre 67 <laughs> o- opposite spiker. <laughs> um, who, loves, who, who loves volleyball the most out of, out of the two of you? Who's the one always talking about volleyball the most? Rudy, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy has like a a volleyball brain so even if we're just watching something like he's already has like a game plan for that team <laughs> it's like the players and like okay if this player just does this it's just this like can you just watch the game and just like see it as a whole but he's just like has coaches he has a coach's brain so is that what's next see it really differently is that what's going to be next uh potentially would potentially. you ha- would you have your wife as your assistant <laughs> yeah, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be awesome. You could do, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, who would you most like in your team? Like, who who's been your your best teammate in any league or any 
national team? Who's the locker oh, room guy? Question. Uh, I've I've played with Graham Bygrass since you know we were 14, 15. So he's been kind of my longest teammate, and we were always roommates and stuff. So I would say Graham. Um, two of my favorite players have been like our Canadian national team big guns, uh, Tiffany Dodds. Um, I would choose her and Sarah Pavin. And Sarah, for obvious reasons, just because she's a rock star, but she's also, I got along super well with her. She's kind of a really quirky individual and can rub people the wrong way because she is just the most competitive creature ever. But, like, you kind of just love her because she's so unapologetically herself and just has what she wants to set out to do and knows exactly what she needs to do to get there. And it's really cool and it's really interesting. And it was really cool for me as a young athlete playing with her um, at the beginning of my national team career, just seeing how she manages that. And she had a lot on her shoulders, but she was just such an incredible, uh, yeah, player and individual and just knew what she had to do often, like, especially with women, like you kind of get on teams, you want to be friends with everyone, especially again with the Canadian culture, like you kind of feel like you need to get along with everybody in order to play. And she's like, I'm stepping on the court to hit balls. So if you like me, cool. If you don't, awesome. <laughs> so that was cool to learn from her from the beginning. I've got, I've got an awkward do, one. Sorry, sorry do, do, you do, you think, do you think she'll, do you think she'll win gold on the beach in Tokyo? I, I was thinking about it the other day. I think they will. I think they will. You you could have. You've got two teams right like right in the mix. That it's They're it's crazy. Both doing so well. Uh, but again, like maybe personal bias. Like we know Melissa pretty well, and I played with Sarah, so I just I just know like the amount of work that they're putting in. Not to say that that's any more than any of the other teams, but I don't know. I think they just have like. Got what it takes. They just, yeah, I think they can do it for sure. Hermosa Beach is a nice place to train as well. <laughs> Definitely worse places. Yeah. All right, I've got an awkward one. Who's better out of you two? Who's better? Yeah. She is. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Just look at our careers. And, okay, I'm, the, I'm the one that's been to the Olympics, but uh, I don't know. It was so funny. We had the my ne- my nephew said. So, Uncle Rudy, because you went to the Olympics, that means you're better, right? I'm like, uh, not necessarily. <laughs> like, okay, children, let's all sit down and talk about this openly. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is the best player you've ever played against? Not in terms of the name, but in terms of somebody that if you're blocking just hits from a great height or hits great angles or somebody who just seems to serve you off the court, maybe not as an opposite player, but yeah, someone who just seems to be like, holy shit, like that's unreal. A lot of players we have to go through over the years. <laughs> I was I was really impressed with, uh, um, oh, I'm going to mess up his name, Vladimir Nikolov, I think, mm-hmm. the older Bulgarian guy. I caught the very tail of his career tail end of his career when he was playing in France and he wasn't in, in good shape anymore I think he was like 40 by that time already but uh, he was an amazing an amazing player even at that age the stuff that he was doing um, was was really cool to watch making good decisions and yeah doing yeah old head young shoulder just, stuff just making all the right plays at the right time mm. there you go mate that's your job <laughs> <laughs> Mine would have to be some of the older American players. I think this 
like the last few years they've really created an awesome team culture that I think like they can kind of pluck players in and out and still just have like such an amazing team but the earlier years of Team USA I think were just like these monster dominant players just kind of all thrown onto the court like I remember playing Team USA I think in my first quadrennial and playing uh, against Destiny Hooker and that was horrifying (laughs) like young outside hitter that again like that I just remember thinking like I don't even know what to do because if I just put my hands up, she's just going to go the other way and like potentially concuss one of my teammates. So like, I don't, that was hilarious. And again, like you're just young kind of coming onto the international scene being like, holy crap. (laughs) I think every, everyone watching from the outside when Destiny came through was like, who is this? (laughs) Yeah. And how is she? Yeah. What a a level. And now she's obviously not playing for the national team, but uh, yeah, it's a shame. She's playing in Brazil, right? She in Brazil? Yeah. Yeah, and she's yeah, still killing yeah. it by the looks of it from what I what I follow. I haven't seen she, her play, but she's still a beast. She's still amazing. I don't know if you've uh, if you've had a listen to any of our other podcasts. If you haven't, you should go back and listen to them all now. Yeah, all eleven of them. <laughs> but uh, we um, ask we ask all of our guests to give us a dream seven. So like your absolute best lineup could be from from any generation, from any country. Who would be your best seven players on the court? So we have we can have one from each of you. We can have a men's from uh, men's and a women's dream yeah. seven. Hmm. Taking Turkish setter Naz on my on my team. Yeah. I'm just gonna fire them all off while I keep thinking about okay. it. Sarah's my opposite. That's awesome because she's the she's the first player who's obviously transitioned into beach that's come back into a uh, yeah into an indoor dream True. seven. <laughs> you always want to be nice, yeah. Big I would thing. take uh, William as my setter. Yep, that's yeah Brazilian. Yeah, he's shame that he would almost get into most other teams in the world on a regular basis. I would take Clay Stanley as my opposite. First time we've ever had Clay Stanley come in, but definitely agree. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would take uh, Gustavo. Andre, Andres, I think his name mm-hmm. is. Older Brazilian middle logger. Yep. Kevin Tilly took him as well. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's on. He's big dude. I, I remember trying to just walk, break down his game because that's when I started really getting into volleyball. He was like the main middle blocker in the world. So I love him a lot. Um, I would take... Ooh, I think I want Celeste Plak on from the Netherlands as one of my left side, even though she's, again, like not the best passer i think like her attitude will propel my dream seven forward <laughs> and she's a- and she's such a unit that even when she's out of system she'll hit you out of trouble anyway she's she's incredible yeah she's Love. she's awesome you have to take zoo oh yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has she has she not been picked yet i think she's been picked in every dream seven yeah, Zhu yeah. Ting gets... gets uh... In the same breath, I have to take Leon. Like, you can't not have that guy on your team. It's gonna, Champions League is going to be worth a watch now that he's going back to Zenit, right, for uh, for the semis, Engerpath and all that thing. It's going to be uh, going to be fun to watch. Oh. Yeah, I'll take both Chinese national team middle blockers. <laughs> yeah, are wild. I... There should be, there's again one that I was just we were warming up against at World Championships and I was like huh, guess we are really just gonna be 
pointing the just hitting off to the sky. <laughs> this is a crazy angle. So, I would take Jurbenikov as my libero. Yeah, he comes up yeah, a lot. He's come up a lot. And I will, I'll give, uh, yeah, sure, that second left side spot to Gord Perrin, my boy Gord. Oh, <laughs> Just to him up. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Who's my Serbian middle blocker? Stevanovic. Vultric. Yeah. And Turkish libero. Blondie. Oh, yeah. She's unreal. Um, that's good choices. We like them. And slightly Thank different you. that you've got, yeah, you've got a couple of names in there, like Clay Stanley's a wicked one that hasn't been put in yet, yeah. who, who completely deserves his place in a, in a yeah. Dream 7, which, which is epic. Guys, thank you so much. It's um, been brilliant, yeah. It's been such you. an interesting chat to hear about just volleyball in different, yeah, di- different countries that I've never seen before. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can stay in touch and maybe touch base again in a couple of months or a few months and see how you guys are getting on. The Freeble Power Couple would be yeah. awesome. And, uh, yeah, we never know where we're going to end up or what we're going to be doing. There's always like these like crazy things that we have up our sleeve. And like every like there's seven things on the table and we never know like which kind of direction we're going to mm. take. So yeah, catching up in a couple months would probably be awesome. Yeah, or like in the next year, yeah. we'll be doing yeah. something really weird. Yeah. Well, good luck with, yeah. And good luck with Sunday. Yeah, that's going to keep an eye. And we'll, we'll yeah. talk about it next time Why? through. Uh, and then you go, you go to back to national team. Yeah, uh, pretty quick here actually. Yeah. And then really, you're going to the. Are you going to be playing Asian champs for Chennai? I am going to be playing Asian champs with Chennai. That's the plan. That's so wicked. I, I should fly out there our, uh, beginning in April. Oh, probably coming fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so that okay. So that's literally s- super quick. That's yeah. That's yeah, wicked. A couple of weeks. But you guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's been uh, yeah really enjoyable and. Yeah, luckily you got got back into your house, which is <laughs> yeah, good for us. And yeah, really didn't fall. Yeah, he didn't fall and die, which is good for everyone, I think. Yeah, that was good yeah. for that's that's <laughs> that's super good for everyone. Guys, thank oh, you yeah. so much. Stay in touch thank and um, you. yeah, we Absolutely. appreciate your time so Thanks much. For having us. Thank yeah, you so cheers. much. Bye bye. So that was another great episode of Freeball the Volleyball Podcast. Episode twelve done and dusted. Please make sure you keep following us on social media, Instagram at Freeball Pod. Uh, Facebook, Freeball the Volleyball Podcast, and just make sure you keep subscribing, giving us as much feedback as possible, and in return, we'll keep delivering the goods in the episodes. Have a great week, and we'll see you again very, very soon.